the fact that you have a, a pre-game anything that's not the day of just seems a bit much. You guys don't have like homecoming week? In year 12, which is our final year, we have like a valedictorian dinner dance thing after everything's done. That's it? That's it. Uh, and then s- some year levels have like a social, like from your like wow. year, year nine social. social. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the air quotes. In America, at most schools, not every school, but you have like yeah. homecoming week, which is like a week of activities between you and your rival mm-hmm. school. And then there's usually We don't a have rival rally. schools. <laughs> well, it was your first problem. Like we have like, I don't believe that for a fucking <laughs> second. I don't know why. It seems so weird that there are high school experiences out there that aren't, like, fucking hating on HMS for no reason. You know what I mean? No, like, we have sport against other uh, high schools and stuff, but there wasn't anything like, oh, I hate that school. No, here it's very much like, this is my school, this is my team. If Like, I did not care about it. I did not go to a single sports game for my entire Mm -hmm. high school. Not even one, but pep rallies were required. Oh, they would walk us from class to the yeah. gym for pep rallies and stuff like that. But I didn't go to like a single sports game because I don't give a shit. But if you care, yep. you fucking care. Yeah, yeah <laughs> You know? There's nothing better to do in a small town than to hate on some other high school for no goddamn reason. <laughs> but I will say, I do think it is weird that this town had a pep rally a week before mm-hmm. like i can see it being like two or three days whatever before the big game that's fine and chill this was a week a week, <laughs> a week. there's nothing else in that town and the game was in that town the game was on they weren't even traveling anywhere <laughs> the game was on a friday night so they had their pep rally like the weekend before so everyone would be super jazzed all week why do you not do it Okay, number one, any high school in America gets to the state championships, they are canceling school on that Friday. There is no learning going on. Everybody is there. What, like, okay, hold on. We have to start the episode. Let's start the episode. <laughs> no. That's the intro. It's we just don't so have, have to start this episode. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, this is like a great. <laughs> okay. This is going to be a great episode. James, please say hi. Hi. Yeah. Um, we have a special guest today on this week's episode of Wheels Up. This is not say our hello, regular same. intro. You've thrown me off immediately. I'm thrown off. We have three people. <laughs> I Fine. Hey, we want to record an episode of our podcast, Wheels Up, about season two, episode seven, North Mammoth of Criminal Minds with our very special guest, Belle. I was going to say the special guest part, but sure. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) You just decided to just just shot Uh, the whole intro. All shot, no chaser. Okay, fuck. Fine, fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. it. Okay. Are Um, we going to do it right now? I'll try. Um, uh, Hey, B. Fancy meeting you here. Welcome to Wheels Up. This, This is our podcast about criminal minds. You're B, I'm James. This is a podcast. What episode are we talking about today? James, do you want to talk about season two, episode seven, North Mammon? And here's the kicker. Do you want to do it with a very special guest? Oh my God, a guest from all the way around the world? 
<laughs> we have never had an American guest and we are not starting now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah, that's true. No, you're right. guests only. <laughs> only. No Americans no, no, allowed. No, no. no Americans on this podcast except for us. <laughs> so, Australian, introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Belle. Okay. I have Wonderful. to say, I love that we record this with videos. The look of like creeping horror on Belle's face when we finally actually did our intro was hysterical. Oh, I have never God. seen somebody look so nervous. It is like watching, she was like about to watch a plane crash and we narrowly avoided it. Belle looked so Listen. nervous. Like watching a car crash happen, you like and can't turn away. Yeah. Gotta, gotta watch this like, no, get out of the way. You have to understand, every time we post an episode, Belle messages me thoughts, stream of consciousness while listening. Like, Belle's our number one fan. And now here you are watching us cringe our way through our cringy-ass intro. No, I knew it would be chaos. It's fine. The fun thing is, is like, if you put a gun to my head, I don't know if I could write down the intro as we say it. Because we say it differently every time. I don't know if I could actually be like, this is exactly the wording of our intro because we just kind of like vibe our way through mm-hmm. it. And sometimes it takes mm-hmm. two or three tries. And Bell just yeah. unfortunately had to witness that. <laughs> well, first we got my petty intro. Yeah. <laughs> we got your petty intro and then we got me being a little shit about it. And that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, amazing. North Mammon. Although somebody does say North Mammon mm. and I don't like that. So I'm not going to say it like that. I hate that, too. Thank you for making that executive decision, but also fuck you for reminding me of that terrible way somebody said this town name. Thank you for that. Was it JJ who said it? No, it was Judy, the mom. She was like, she plays soccer for North Mayman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, no, thank you. I must say, though, speaking of accents, AJ Cook does so well this episode with, like, being in this town. Like, she says... Her town, East Allegheny, is, like, right down the road. So she's from, like, here. Mm -hmm. And so when they're all getting, Mm -hmm. all the parents are getting worked up, her, like, accent comes through. Mm -hmm. Like, a couple of times when she's talking to the girl, like, she has just a slight Pittsburgh accent. That, like, country rural vibe comes. Yeah. Just just a little bit. Just a little bit. As a treat. Love that little touch. Like, as someone who, like, gets Hispanic when I go back to Miami, like... JJ like being in her town and like getting that little bit of an accent I love it and just like that it implies that JJ like works to get rid of her accent at some point right mask her accent yeah I love it okay (laughs) okay so this episode starts from the first image of this town you know what kind of vibe what the vibe is there's Mm -hmm. one blinking red street light there's the banner that's like North Mayman devils hanging over the main road. Did you just say it, North mm-hmm. Mayman? Fuck me. <laughs> you brought this curse upon us. That ain't me. That ain't me saying some yourself. shit. That's you, bestie. That's I'm you. Sorry. I'm sorry. North Mayman devils. And there's two big American flags. And then it pans over this huge, like clearly expensive, well-lit football field to this like alleyway beside the high school where there's a pep rally happening it's giving me like one pub town oh but we spend all our money for for the pub money on this 
field. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, they they don't say how long it's been since they've been in the championships, but at some point someone says, like, North Mammon's finally back in the championships. It's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. But, like, look how expensive that football field is. But sports, mate. There's no arts in that town. No. There's no STEM. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nuts only. Football only. Football only. Maybe sometimes soccer. Like, but for the most part, it's a football town. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see the prep rally. Did anybody else think this was weird? Yes. That, maybe you'll get to it. I mean, yes, you do. But did you think it was weird that the girl was like, this is the same speech he gives every year when they specifically say they haven't been back in the fucking championships for like 30 years or something? Yeah. What's up with That's that? That's a good point. What, when is he giving this speech? Well, did he, maybe that was the winning speech the last time and he's like, oh, don't fix it. If it ain't broken, fit for or it hours. might be he might give that speech before like every qualifying game or at every end of the year pep rally or something. No, you're right. It's a flaw. Coming to mind is a bad television show. It's weird. It's, weird. it's fucked yeah. up and weird. And the fact that they aren't like quoting it, like if I had known this dude was going to be doing the same speech. Oh yeah. Every year, I'd be like, I'd be memorizing that shit yeah. and saying it along with him. I mean, if you've heard it every year of your yeah. life, your like entire childhood, yeah. Um. So they're ch- everyone's chanting 13 and 0. So they've had a like runaway year, no losses. Um Which and then he gives us to believe. Yeah, that's it's impressive if it's true. And then in his speech he says like you'll be defined by victory or defeat. You'll be defined by like life or death. He's literally like victory defeat same as life and death. So we get the vibes of the town. <laughs> It's very Midwestern, very. small town. This is the only thing we have going for us. <laughs> so true. The only way you're getting out of this town. Yeah. Um, so then we cut to uh, three girls in a car, and they're listening to the pep rally on the radio, which I was like, sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're putting the pep. No, that is absolutely a thing. Really? That's 100% a thing. B, you're the small town bitch this episode. You gotta tell us what's real. I, this is me telling you that that is absolutely <laughs> a thing that small towns do. Wild. You have one radio station that is based on in or around your little town, and they will broadcast pep rallies just like the if it's a if it's a big one like the fucking the state champs. They are there. There yep. is some sports reporter who is collecting a paycheck just to hold the microphone there, and that's okay. That is hilarious. There's nothing else to do there. Yeah, I guess. Literally. So, okay, so there's three girls. We don't learn their names until later, but the first girl is Kelly. Her brother is on the football team, and she is wants to listen to the pep rally on the radio. Um, but the second girl, Brooke, just dumped the quarterback, so they three girls couldn't go to the pep rally. And that's why they're having a sleepover instead of going to the pep rally, because she, like, dumped the quarterback. And they start, like, arguing. And the girl, um, Brooke, is coughing, which is very important. And she already sounds like she is hacking up a fucking lung. This is not like a... <laughs> this is a this is a cough. It's a chesty cough. <clears throat> that is a chest cough. Yeah. And I know it's, yeah. this was 2006. It was, you know, before <laughs> pandemic <laughs> times. But still, a cough like that? 
I am not in your car. Yeah, that was socially distant. But they were super far apart. Like, she only coughs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the thing. I was like, why are you having a sleepover when you're sick? But it was, like, just yeah. a cough, and they were, like, pretty far apart. It's not, like, a huge deal. But they start arguing. Kelly and Brooke start arguing. And then in the back, Polly is like, guys, stop it. You're only arguing because you're hungry. Once we eat this pizza, we'll all be friends again. And then they all, like, laugh. I mean, same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, the song on the radio is Suddenly I See by Katie Kunchel. <laughs> and I was like, gay rap. <laughs> was anybody else okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The vibes they had in this friend group. Off. What is going on mm-hmm. here? <laughs> what is going on? That was a gay friend group. That was that was a little <laughs> clue that JJ's gay. They were like girls on a soccer team, gay. Like when when Brooke and Polly are like, "You're the you're the one who got into." Penn State. But that was very gay. Right? I'm talking about the like, rest of these these vibes. They're off. As a triangle, as a... That does not work in a friendship. I feel like the, the two on the front had had some kind of falling out because they weren't quite meshing. And then Chick in the back was like the mediator of the group, trying mm. to keep, like desperately trying to keep that friendship together with pizza. Yeah. <laughs> well... Holly was doing the yeah. work. So we learned later, we learned later what the dynamics are. So Kelly's parents are together. Her brother is on the football team. And she ha- feels sidelined because she's her brother is like the star because he's on the football team. And so she's very like snotty and uppity. Brooke's father is the one who's always out of town, who's secretly gay. And we don't hear we hear neither hide nor hair of her mother. Who knows? Holly's mom raised her as a single mom for 12 years and her mom has depression and there's a point later where kelly's mom says what a dig. Um, low breeding always shows through in the end everybody in this town is in this woman's business <laughs> she is taking like she's taking one zoloft a week and they are on her shit like it's half a zoloft it's not even a full one <laughs> not even they're talking about like the mom with depression and then that dad who's gay and she's like low breeding. So I think it makes sense that Kelly is mm-hmm. like the evil one, you know, like, but she's like the one of the friend group who's like, I'm better. I'm friends with you because we're all on the soccer team. She's probably angry that Polly got a scholarship and not her like. This is a you know pre everyone coming out in college friend group if yeah. I've ever Ugh. fucking seen one. This is a really intense homoerotic friendships that like feel like breakups but aren't breakups. This is one of those. Oh, 100%. That like your best friend in high school you were too close with and then you go to separate colleges and you never (laughs) see them again. It's sad that you see them on Instagram. Like, (laughs) yeah, exactly what this friend group is. They go to the house, Brooks trash bin is out so she pulls it in and as she pulls it in somebody it's like one of those like cool like it's one of those um like dog like feral dog restrainer yeah what is they use for yeah. feral dog and he puts it around her neck and that's scary and then they go also want to know what her plan was because she gave the house keys to her mates mm-hmm. and was heading to the back door was the back door unlocked no so what happened so she- the bin were they gonna come? No, she went back. She back went back to the front to door. Like... She like put the bin. Well, that was the front yeah, door. Yeah, she put the bin by the oh. garage and then went back to the front door. It was the front. Door. I assume that was the back door. No, 
because the, the, that is absolutely the back there door. There was no windows or glass around it. So really? I was like, how the fuck's she getting in? And then the back door with like the garage. Yeah. Maybe it has one of those like, you know, because it's like a garage back door. It's got like a number pad or something. I it's 2006. They had number pads in 2006. <laughs> On regular houses in the middle I of bumfuck nowhere. No, they did not. No. Uh, That's not an apartment. No. Sorry. Whatever. I'm Sorry, trying really... to make this show make sense. It's my one job. Okay. Sorry, that was really aggressive. <laughs> um, okay. We have a, there's a very aggressive energy in the imaginary <laughs> studio here today. And I just want to say, my bad. <laughs> it's going to be a bully yeah. James day, isn't it? Sorry, it's like 100 degrees here in, in Australia. Oh, no. So I want to die. It's like 40s here. I'm just bringing a very hostile energy to our fake studio. You've got some energy today. <laughs> A non-soundproof studio. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Polly goes to take a shower. Uh, Kelly goes and sits down on the couch. wearing She's wearing her soccer uniform, so now we know they're soccer players. So Polly's finishing the shower. Um, and then when she opens the curtain, Kelly is there. And the guy's got like a ski mask, like a knife to Kelly's throat. And he's like, come with me, Polly, or Brooke and Kelly die. Um, and that's important. The way she is standing there is very just like so still, just like Kelly is literally like, I don't deserve this. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I have a knife to my throat? Ugh. It like I know she wasn't T posing, but it was like the same energy as like a T pose. You know? Vibes were similar. <gasps> Did I finally get you, you got him. James with a drink? A win for me, Nation! <laughs> Fuck yeah! You got me. I can't laugh right now because of the stitches in my wisdom teeth. So it's Sorry. just a whole combo of things happening right now. <laughs> Sorry, I'll try not to be funny this episode. <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> okay. Uh, you, otherwise, you'll just start crying through the episode, and we don't want that. <laughs> just start this sobbing. This is just an episode that gets me. I don't I know. know why. There's some, this I episode gets me. I need you to know that I did write down like every one of JJ's costume cleaning. Of course As you, you should. We all cope in our own ways. <laughs> all I'm noticing I'm now is she has an exceeding amount of tiny sweaters that make no sense. Yeah. Yes, we'll get there. <laughs> Why, JJ? <laughs> what is the point of them? I think, here's my theory. She wears... <laughs> Do you want me to do the theme song since you can? Are we going on the JJ costume watch now? There's a theme song? You know, like those news alerts. <laughs> okay, um, we'll get that. I've got one more thing and then we see JJ. <laughs> a countdown, basically. Basically. So now we're in a bunker. The girls are all in tank tops. Their uniforms have been taken from them. Although it doesn't exactly fit because Polly was naked. Um... He Whatever. says, like, get dressed and come with me, doesn't mm. he? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. He, he specifies, like, get dressed. So that to me, like, none of those, uh, outside of their uniform, they weren't really dressed for a sport. They're all wearing, like, a regular, like, single top bra well, They're wearing tank tops and shorts. Yeah. That's it's sporty. Just, it's like, this just, it just doesn't seem complete. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, the costume. Yeah, they wanted them to look like frail, yeah. skinny athletes. Um, okay, they're in like an underground bunker. They're in their tank tops, the little shorts. And then Polly is like, the man knew our names. 
he like knows who we are, whatever. Um, he has no one's talked to them yet. They don't know what's going on, and they're like, okay, yeah, the next time he comes back, we have to fight. We gotta fight him. Which like, okay, I love their yeah. like line of thought. I have never seen three teenage girls get in a room and not be like, we should fucking fight somebody. <laughs> so like, it's very realistic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I did appreciate that they allow that the writers allowed them that um like autonomy. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah, like, I think so. They just like they let them like have that sort of that chat and get mm. further like deeper into the psychological de- mm-hmm. profile of, the, of their own character I was like oh that's really interesting because that's something I would do if I was in that situation yeah. like how did he know our names yeah 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 and I liked how we see I think James I feel like we talked about this way back in early early like season one mm. we talked about how like the victims on criminal minds are not just like victims they are people who are working to get out of the situation they are in yeah and i think this is like a really good sort of like fuck it we can fight him yeah we can fight this dude i think and that you're right that is what we talked about how the victims is still like a chance and that's goes back to what you know i said i liked and i think you did too like about criminal minds was that there is always the chance to save somebody you know it's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes a crime has been committed most of the time murder but there's always like one person they could save and stop the guy, you know, and this is really like that. Also, can I say, we always bitch about countdown episodes, like we've got 36 hours. Yeah. But I I felt the time restraint in this episode, but it was not like hope. Yeah. Morgan wasn't set in his watch. They worked it into the unsubs whole thing that helped. Mm, it yeah. wasn't just like the BAU saying we have 36 hours. They were like, oh, the dude made them say Friday, so that means we have two more days. Like, it felt reasonable. And it was also like, they said Friday because that's the championship day, and the championship is significant to the unsub, you know? It wasn't just like, you have 48 hours, or like, he kills every three days, or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so I like that. Okay, so the guy, like, looks through the vent, and he's like, two of you are gonna get to leave alive, one of you's gonna die, pick. And then, now we know the game okay here we go jj coming down the fashion alert theme song for you oh please (laughs) jj fashion alert we've got a news update on jj's outfit (laughs) no absolutely not (laughs) jj comes down the hall fun okay you bell you pointed out that jj's bun is all like rats nesty i think it was one of those um the donut things yeah that they use for buns it's a fake bun yeah so dumb she doesn't have any hair and they wanted her to get a big old country bun. <laughs> you know? She's a, a, a country bunkin. Get it? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> That's, wow. That's amazing. That was a good one. There was something. Okay. It made yourself laugh, and that's all that matters. (laughs) Literally. I am an I perform for an audience of one. I am a court jester in my own goddamn court. (laughs) Okay, JJ is wearing a shirt. She's wearing like a swoop cut olive green shirt and gray slacks. It's a tight outfit. Mm. It's a tight outfit, low cut, not even a sweater. She's meeting an older woman in the elevator lobby, and it's Mrs. Homefeld. Judy Homefeld. She's a friend of JJ's aunt. So now JJ has an aunt. Great. Never yeah, ever mentioned sure. again for 15 years. No. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Sounds about right. And oh my God. And then we get this adorable picture of JJ in her 
soccer uniform. Yeah. And she's like got her two best friends and like her finger up with like the what we're number one. Um fucking adorable. Teenage JJ looking exactly like twenty seven year old JJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they really didn't try, did they? Not even a bit. They really didn't. Not even I a think little the bit. Girls, I think the like the girls with her were younger, but that was just like AJ Cook yesterday, you know? Yep. It was like not anything. Also, the girls with her weren't that much younger. Nor. One looked younger and one did not. This was it was literally just two extras that they found on the street. Like I bet it's like two people on the crew. The girl on the left, this sounds terrible, has a giant forehead. <laughs> I don't know if it's just the other girl's got the side fringe going on, but I was like, Whoa. Also, what are those earrings with the girl on the left? What are those earrings? You are playing soccer. Why are you wearing hoops? What are those? Why are you wearing hoop earrings? Exactly. What is up there? They are small hoops, but you wouldn't be allowed to wear those. It's a contact sport. Yeah, exactly. The other girl's wearing studs, with it, which is like reasonable. Sure. Not recommended, but reasonable. But reasonable, sure. Those hoop earrings would have been big in early 2000s. Yeah, that's true. Like the slightly chunky hoops. Mm-hmm. I do like the generic soccer uniform. It's got a soccer ball as their logo, and that's it. Yeah, yeah it's like exactly. one of those shittily oh. ironed on. This is one of those things. I was like, wait a minute, are we gonna get the name of JJ's high school? This would help me out immeasurably. Nope. No. No. It is just a soccer ball. I like how it's also like different on each of their uniforms too. Yeah, they didn't do it the same way. Yeah. Yeah, they did it. They did it different ways on all of their uniforms. They got plain jerseys and just ironed a soccer ball patch on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that dry fit material. But I don't know if that material really existed when JJ would have been in college. Uh, probably in high school. Yeah, that's true. In the nineties, yeah. she graduated from high school in ninety six. Oh my don't, god! I don't hate how point you just out, don't. That. <laughs> Wait, she graduated high sorry. school in ninety six. Yeah. Yeah, give or take, to go to college, the academy, and then get into the BAU. 20, she's 28 in 2006. Okay. So she's, okay. I hate myself. Well, I just don't question no. James on the timeline. No. Because either I'm wrong or James will lose their mind over a timeline inconsistency. <laughs> so either way, it is not worth it. It's yep. a, you're going to lose either way. So we just. Exactly. Nobody okay. wins. Nobody no wins when it comes no to the criminal here. minds timeline. No. Because here's the thing, right? So remember, (laughs) but okay, here's the thing. In Perfect Storm, we know that it's November because there's a calendar on the wall with a month that has 30 days. And Elle returned back to the BAU in September. So it has to be a 30-day month after September. That's November, right? Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Except Mm -hmm. last episode in Boogeyman, the date on the food is October, which is bullshit. And then this episode, there's a big poster. November 5th, championship game. What the fuck, Criminal Minds? Why is there one episode in the wrong month? <laughs> I did not notice at all. Nobody wins. Nobody wins when it comes to the Criminal Minds timeline. Nobody. Not even Criminal Minds wins when it comes to its no. own goddamn timeline. No. Ugh, so annoying. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Move on. Okay. So Polly's mom... Judy Homebelt is like Polly plays soccer for the varsity team at North Mammon. Um, she got a scholarship to Penn State. Wow. And JJ's like, cool. I'm sorry, ma'am. My aunt didn't say what this was about. Uh, and then Judy is like, no one's looking for the girls. Like they've been missing for like five days. 
And she hands over a soccer picture that's very similar to JJ's, right? Which is, I'm guessing, the point of the JJ picture. Their uniform, guess what it says? Devils. They've got a logo <laughs> with the school name. The North Merman Devils. JJ does not. JJ was on the East Allegheny soccer balls. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the East Allegheny kickers. East Allegheny sports teams. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the girls have been missing for five days. And then she holds up like a newspaper clipping of how the BAU saved Rebecca Bryant. And is like, you saved this girl. You could save my girls. And JJ was like, well, not just me. Like the whole BAU did. And the woman's like, please, you have to help me. And she's like, okay, fine. I'll talk to them. Okay. Okay, fine. 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 Um, Barely contained rage. Always. So they go to the briefing room. JJ is bone deep angry this entire (laughs) scene. Like seething with rage for what? This entire Mm -hmm. scene. God bless (laughs) (coughs) <coughs> I wonder if she was given the direction just be angry the whole time but not actually angry or like be frustrated they don't want to take the case but they do take it actually super easily only one person says anything okay so Hotch is like yeah it sounds like there's a case like but we need an invite and this did make me laugh Hotch is like we need an invite and she goes yeah I called the police chief and got an official invite here and Gideon like <laughs> laughs as he ta- takes it Gideon is like yeah I bet you did <laughs> <laughs> She just says it. She's like, yeah, I called them and I got it here. Literally, I love, I love this plot point. And she's just like, don't worry. I figured it out. We don't need to spend any more time on it. Move on. I love how it's just the writers being like, I got it. So JJ got it. We find out about um, Kelly and Polly called home and left the exact same message saying they were going on a road trip. One last hurrah. They'll be back on Friday night. Um, And the call came from Bruxelles. And since then, like, the phone's been turned off. There's no ATM activity. Absolutely nothing. Um, And Reed points out how weird it is that they used the same exact message. And then Derek is like, I remember being back in high school. Like, I would have gone on a road trip. And JJ just goes, no, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you just snap Derek's head yeah, off. Derek is like, okay, JJ, I hear you. Like, <laughs> okay. um, But she basically says, like, Polly had an athletic scholarship. She wouldn't do anything to jeopardize that. Like, JJ's like, I know these girls. I was these girls. Like, you don't smoke. You don't do drugs. You don't drink during the season. Like, you wouldn't jeopardize a full-ride scholarship, you know? Also, it is worth noting, Penn State is, like, one of the soccer schools. It's also an amazing school. Full stop. It's, it's a great school in general, but it's also, like, yeah. That and like Stanford are the big ones that I can think of for women's soccer. It's like the school. Yeah. So like you would not jeopardize that 100%. Especially Yay, if they're still in their season. <laughs> right. The season's not even over yet. Like that's the thing. Like Derek is talking like, you know, like, you know, we've all gone on high school on like road trips or whatever to like ditch a week of school. Yeah. Number one. No, we didn't. Some no, of us didn't. had parents that would whip our asses if we did. <laughs> Sorry, but also <laughs> during the season. When yeah. you have a full ride scholarship yeah. to Penn fucking State, Derek. Bestie. JJ's like, you wouldn't miss classes for a whole week and like jeopardize that. And Derek goes, I mean, we might not find these girls. And he's about to say alive, but JJ just like snaps, looks at him <laughs> like murder. And he goes, we may not find them. Like He's like, <laughs> um, he turtled. Yeah. He was like, my bad. Damn. Yeah. Then Reed and Gideon point out though that like, they, the messages had a specific return date. 
Friday. Like, if he was planning on killing them, it would have been vague, you know, two days, two weeks. It wouldn't have been like, you will see us again on Friday. And then Hotch is like, cool, wheels up in 30. And she's just like, oh shit, we're taking the case? And Hotch is like, yep. <laughs> we get our second wheels up episode. Yeah. Wheels up in 30. And also a new person says it this time. Yeah, Hodge. Now it's Hodge's turn. But now we're moving and shaking. I told you this was a now good name. Now we're really like in it. We're in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've really earned the name by now. <laughs> we popped some bottles and now we're in it. It was a very satisfying pop. Thank you. That's because I feel like this is the first time the team's seen JJ like really like wanting something. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that this is kind of like the first time we see JJ being assertive and kind of like mm. starting a case and not just handing over files or scrambling after Hotch has already announced it. Like we really see her taking charge. And even though this isn't like as much of a JJ episode as I would like, mm. it is the first time we see her like being a girl boss. <laughs> you know? Just like Elle's gone, so I'm the only girl boss left, so I've got to step it up. Really though. Really like Elle left and they went, okay, we need somebody else to be like a tough a tough lady. Tough woman. A tough woman. Yeah, so we get two episodes of JJ being a tough lady, and then Emily shows up. A baby. God, you just reminded me that Emily shows up soon. So and now soon. I'm like, fuck, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> We're so getting good. to good criminal minds. <laughs> good criminal minds is coming so it's soon. It's happening. I know. It's so soon. So I mean, soon. Side note, I watched her first episode, where she's not really in it, mm. and I'm just like, oh, she's so young. A baby. And like, Happy. She's just so hot the whole she's goddamn so time. Her first, that first, like the middle part, Bob, the big, her big eyes. Big eyes. She's got the like button down thing going. Oh. Uh, <laughs> sorry, we derailed to talk about Emily, but Always. I promise. We derail. Eventually it'll, we'll be able to like just talk about Emily and it won't be a derailing of anything, you know? Yeah. It'll be the perfect amount of derailment. Right. <laughs> exactly. We get two outfit updates. <laughs> That's the podcast, just what yeah. they wore. It's just, <laughs> come to mind, <laughs> what they wore. Okay. <laughs> Gideon, Derek, Reed go to Brooke's house where they meet Sergeant Sykes, who doesn't think the girls are missing. Um, He thinks they just like went off because it's championship week and like, the boys are getting all the attention, so he thinks they just like went off. Um, we learned that Brooke Chambers' dad is out of town. So then JJ Hodge and Judy go to the police station where they meet up with Chief Yates. JJ is still in a bun, but now she's wearing this orange leather jacket. It's just like a weird, like orange leather jacket she wears for so long. It's a weird jacket, right? Yeah. It's not like a she has really? some weird jackets though. All the time. Oh wait, I was gonna give you my theory about JJ's little sweaters. Oh right. <laughs> she wears blazers. So I think her little sweaters and like the no sleeves is so that she can put a blazer on and it mm. like looks like she's wearing a sweater, but it doesn't like affect her temperature. Yeah. No sleeve bunching yeah. is gonna be happening there. I'm not a blazer bitch, so I don't know what she means, but like... Yeah, yeah, you're a Spencer Reed sweater bitch. Okay, they get to the police station. They meet Chief Yates, who's cool. He's like, no one believes them, whatever. And he's like, Judy, go inside. Judy goes inside. And then we find out that Judy's on antidepressants. We find out that, like, her husband left her 12 years ago, and she's been raising her daughter. And JJ goes like, if you had to raise a kid alone for 12 years, wouldn't you be a little depressed? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yes, bitch. Yep. This police officer just 
yells this woman's business <laughs> with her medication and everything. Like, in front of God and everyone, he is like, she is on depression medication. So funny. I feel like, I feel like he... No secrets. No, I mean, yeah. small town, right? Small town. Small town, yeah, but like, you can go to the pharmacy and like, they're not gonna tell anybody else your prescription because HIPAA exists. And HIPAA existed. I think he's trying to he's trying to point out that like the information may not be entirely reliable. But no, she's an unreliable narrator, which right. she's not. But she's not. Depression doesn't make you unreliable. An unreliable narrator. narrator. Yeah. yeah. And, anyway, so Hot is like, well, if you don't think they're missing, why did you like agree to let us come help? And he just goes, Your agent Jero can be very persuasive. <laughs> and JJ's like blushing <laughs> like <laughs> don't say that it makes me sound nuts like, don't sell me out bitch i know i also though he also mentions like he's like i think something happened here i just don't know what mm-hmm. which which i like because he's like there's something fucked up i just don't think they're missing or you know whatever mm. and i think it's just interesting he's like some shady shit's going on don't know what though Break a leg, besties. <laughs> Both he and Sergeant Sykes say the thing of like, this is a small town. Everyone knows each other. Nobody would do this. They're going through the house and Derek says, there's no forced entry. So he would have had to gain compliance quickly. And we learn from Reed that there are two ways to like gain compliance. One is by threat of force and one is a previously established trust. And they say that like, this must have taken a lot of planning because he would know that Kelly and Polly's parents weren't going to pick up the phone because they had scripts. So they had to leave a message. So he would have known mm-hmm. that. So he was probably a member of the community because he knows the schedules of the families. And then he would have needed like a spot to watch them from to learn the schedule. And they go across the street and they find cigarette butts. Um, they say what kind just they are. Just like, like there. Yeah, just like there. Um, and they're a like. whole ass pile. Yeah, they're like from this spot we can see all the windows of the house like this is clearly like this spot and then reed calls garcia and it's like hey we're sending you the cigarettes to test for evidence to test for evidence or dna or whatever dna evidence and then the police <laughs> get to call they found kelly's car okay on the other side of things hotch and jj are talking to kelly's parents and the mom is like are we gonna get a ransom call hotch is like no we wouldn't have gotten a ransom call like, we would have already gotten the ransom call. Like, ransom notes are approved. They've got the girls. And then Kelly's dad's like, I think they just ran off because of football week. And the mom is like, you always made Kelly feel like she was less than our son because he's on the football team and she's a girl. <laughs> and JJ is literally just eye roll after eye roll. Every <laughs> sentence, she's rolling her eyes at them. At one point, she looks straight into the camera. Just like, ugh. It's like, are you seeing this shit? Just mean mug in the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Hotch and JJ are talking, and Hotch is like, what? Like, I don't understand. Three girls are missing. They're not even talking about canceling the football game. And JJ goes, come on, Hotch, it's football. Don't you know they can play without girls? <laughs> <laughs> Which is so depressing, but so funny. I love her. Yeah. Comedy queen. <laughs> JJ, comedy queen. Comedy, comedy queen this episode. Then the chief tells them about Brooke's car. So we go back to the three girls. Kelly's super angry. Kelly is like, I'm doing all the work of trying to get us out of here. When in reality, she's just like tugging on some pipes, wrapping on some windows. It's been five days, babe. Try harder, bitch. <laughs> Brooke and Polly are sad. Brooke's sicker. Um, Brooke is like dying of consumption. 
Like, something is <laughs> happening to that bitch. In fairness, she they were already hungry, tired, and thirsty com- coming home from their training, and she was already sick, and now they're in a cold, dark place. That's fair. She's not going to get better. It's not going to stay the same. It's only going to get dramatically worse. That's true. Also, can we talk about the fact that they said that they haven't had anything to eat or drink in five days? Right? Can we talk about that? They should be dead already. They didn't mention any water. I thought you could go like a week. Rule of threes. Three minutes without air. Three days without water. Three weeks without food. Thank you, Australian, for the survival advice. I watch a lot of crime shows. I've learned things. And I studied criminal justice. So they literally haven't had water in like five days. So they're like, yeah, they should be dead. So they should be dead. They should be, if not dead, they should be incredibly weak. So that kind of tracks with why... Brooke started dying of consumption. <laughs> Maybe the like the the ideas that they're in like peak physical health. Yeah, so they, they are can, like fitter. They have a longer, a better chance of survival. But yeah. they've come off five days directly off practice, so yeah. they're already beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They didn't have any food. Like, like criminal minds. Yeah, they had the, had a smell of pizza. Right. <laughs> they managed to inhale the aura of pizza. Yeah. Yeah. So then Brooke starts going on and on about how like he's trying to do sensory deprivation on them to like make them go crazy. Which like I get what she's saying, but like that's not really how sensory deprivation works. Yeah. I get what she's saying, and she is a high schooler under duress. I will give her these points yeah. for like remembering something from. <laughs> She's also dying of consumption. I'll give her these points for remembering something out of her psychology yeah. class. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then she's yeah. like, "We're gonna die without food and water." They find um, Brooke's car covered in dust. They like make a point to say that it's yeah. covered in dust. That just I was like, I mean, it's been sitting outside for five days. It hasn't been in a garage for like two years. Just like the way they described it as like, it's covered in dust. No one's touched it in like, five days. Was it by a railroad or something? Why is it covered in dust? I was just really confused. <laughs> in a dust storm. I was real confused about that. Also, my car is covered in dust and I drive that shit every day. Right. Literally. I was thinking the same thing. My car is so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> and it stays in a garage if it's yeah. not at work. It's covered in shit. So that's just like a weird, like, okay, it's dusty, like. Cool. Congrats. You're in the middle. You're in a small town. Yeah, like, congrats. <laughs> you're in a small town. I'm so happy for you. So, because of that, they're like, okay, it's been where it's been since the kidnapping. They find a devil's hat inside with KE on the brand, and they're like, oh, that's Cap Ingler, the quarterback. He and Brooke the used to most date. Most American name. <laughs> Cap yeah. Ingler is like, whose name? What is Cap short for? What the fuck? I think fuck? it was Kip. I think it was, I just it was Kip. Kip. Kip? What the fuck is Kip short for? Nothing. It's short for American name that starts with K. What do you mean? <laughs> short for Kip. <laughs> I think it's just Kip. It sounds like a, the name of your high school bully, someone who would beat you up. Yeah. But also have no <laughs> yeah. brain cells. He was at the pep rally. He's not involved. Great. Is he the unschmuck? For one whole second. They they mention this dude's name and then they are immediately like, nah, he was yeah. there. They're so like, oh, the hat? He was or... the star of the pep rally. Yeah. The hat. Kip Engler. He was dating Brooke. He was at the pep rally. Never mentioned again. Mm-hmm. He's not even in this episode. He's like, oh, Brooke, we broke up two days ago. Why would I care about her? Like, We've got too many guest actors. We can't add a, another yeah. one. Can't add a teenage boy into the mix. 
profile time. The girls have been missing for five days. Normally, they would assume that means they wouldn't find them alive, but that's not true this time. Um, the killer spent a lot of time preparing, not just to kill them, but for all of it. Friday is the night of the championship. Cool. Brooke Chambers' dad arrives, and he's all like, What's happening? Where's my daughter? What's going on? <laughs> he walks in and he storms in. He walks in with zero information about yeah. this situation, yeah. too. And I was like, did nobody leave you a voicemail? No, he didn't get a voicemail because he was out of town. He wouldn't have needed to know. He didn't get a voicemail. That was the hey, point. He didn't, didn't, the, didn't the cops call him or something like yeah, that? Yeah, what did the cops call him? He wasn't answering What's any calls. He wasn't answering any calls or anything. No one could get a hold of him. But surely they would have left a voicemail. They're cops. Like, you know, cops bad. I mean, maybe that's why he, like, showed up at the police station. I don't know. I mean, I assume that they had to have contacted him somehow, but he walked in with, like, zero knowledge of the situation, ready to start firing. (laughs) He's like, where's my daughter? What's going on? Who are these people? And JJ has to be the one who's like, all right, sir, let me take you to the bathroom, and I'll tell you everything. And he, like, walks over, and she just, like, gives Gideon that, like, Fucking hate this guy. Look over yeah. her shoulder. Is he? He's a lawyer. Lawyer, yeah. Was, was yes, he's the worst representation of a lawyer. Yeah, like he would. If he was actually, he would have got all that information. Right. Well, he's he like some dinky, like small town. Yeah. I don't know. But lawyers like to have information. He was like, "Fuck, I'm just going in with nothing. Just going to the cops." He was off being gay in secret. You say that like it makes people stupider and like agreed, <laughs> living proof. But um, rough on this dude. Um, okay, just built different. Just built different. Um, Hotch says the guy would have made a nest prior to abduction. Okay, did you guys get a vibe? Hotch is like he would have made a nest prior to abduction, and Gideon goes, "Yeah, like a cabin, secluded." No one knows so where Gideon's it is. Cabin? He started describing his own cabin. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, ah. Uh, <laughs> is this foreshadowing for Gideon coming back as an unsub in season <laughs> whatever? It like literally like, was like, um, I was like, Gideon, you have a cabin. You've are you seen are it. you projecting? Are you projecting? Yeah. Your, your nest, cabin nest. Um, okay. And they're like, there's no use even looking for the nest. You're never going to find it. So why mention it? Um, They're like, it's the first. He's like, I know it's cliche, but it's the person you least expect. Probably someone who wasn't at the pep rally. And then JJ comes back and is like, yeah, Chambers just like left. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and they it's mention. Like, I'm not paid enough to stop people. Yeah, so she's like, I can't detain him. Yeah. Um, I'm only an agent. Right. <laughs> I'm only an FBI yeah, I'm agent. not a supervisory special agent. Right. Mm-hmm. But they get the call that the cigarette butts were the soccer coach, Haas. So we get to soccer practice and Haas is all like, I know we're all saddened by the fact that the girls are missing. So like, but we got to keep our spirits up. Like, we still got to play soccer. want your prayers. We like- still got to play soccer. Uh, and then first dad has like a fucking like metal pipe and He's just a tire iron. He just fucking like clang beats this guy. He just and he it's... literally runs out of nowhere and just takes this motherfucker out of the knees. No, but that, just out of nowhere. The thing that's 
Hansa so funny. hits a bitch and just goes to yeah. As he should. The thing that's so As funny is like he starts hitting this guy with the tire iron and then Derek does the like mid-air horizontal tackle. So it's like guy with iron from one angle, Derek from the other. Like, what is happening? The way Derek fully flies to tackle the stand to the ground. Comes in from left field. He's already in the air taking the speed out. I was like, mate, you need to chill out with your spear tackles. He just like comes in screen already in air. Like it's just so. I don't know why that scene made me laugh so goddamn hard, but it really did. Because we, I don't think we got an indication of Derek running. It was just Derek midair, straight through. It was just literally Derek horizontal (laughs) into the frame. Yeah. I. It's a new star wipe. It's Derek midair flying, spear tackling. I don't know why this scene got me so bad. <laughs> I think it's because this episode makes me so viscerally uncomfortable. So I look for any chance of joy I get. But that scene <laughs> takes you out every time. That scene gets me. It gets me real bad. Ugh. It takes you out like a Derek Morgan spear tackle. That's funny. It just like comes in with a fucking wrench and then the other guy. It's just so. Imagine being oh that God, semicircle of girls. <laughs> yeah, just watching that shit go down. You're like, yeah, it is so sad that they're missing. That's like really hard. That's, oh my God, who is this? Oh my God, coach. Oh my God, who is that? Like, <laughs> who's this hot cop? So many men. This episode makes me viscerally uncomfortable on many <laughs> levels. I have to look for like a moment of Derek just being horizontal to make me lose my shit. Mm, I love it when Derek's horizontal. <laughs> well, no. I no. love it when a bitch flying tackles another bitch. I just think it's funny. I love a good flying tackle. How many shirts do you reckon Derek goes through because he's torn them from spear tackling men? Because that landing's never... So goddamn many. He expenses them all and Penelope puts them through. It's, they've got like the Derek Morgan like... Doors kicked in fund and Derek Morgan short shirt fund. <laughs> so funny. The dad's like, I got him up in Pittsburgh. Like he did this before. Yada, yada, yada. And then Hutch is like, the town's turning on each other. The town of these five people? Literally. Like, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Holly and Brooke are talking. We're back in the bunker. Kelly is like off separate, just going fucking feral on the other side of the bunker. She's got some crazy eyes going on. She really does. Not gonna lie. And Brooke and Polly are like, oh, it's okay. Like, we'll get out of here. Like, it's fine. And Brooke is like, you're the one that really needs to get out of here. You've got a scholarship to Penn State. And Polly's like, yeah, but she'll come visit me, right? Like, we'll still be friends. It's okay. No, It's yes. very gay it's vibes. Fr- like, the fact that Katie Tunstall was on the radio and now we've got this, like, <laughs> You promised to come visit me? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's, this is the moment that I was like, oh, oh so it's one of those. I get the vibes. I mm-hmm. get it now. <laughs> I, the vibes are immaculate. I remember the three female friend group <laughs> drama very well. <laughs> and then Brooke is like, Kelly already has a plan. She's going to kill me. <laughs> and you're like, at least, Bro? here's the thing. At least she's, like, aware of it. She yeah. is yeah. cognizant. Yeah. For now. Which, if I was that sick, I would not be Yeah, she aware. should be, like, 
Well, she is dying on the ground already. Right. She is later. Because of the consumption. You know. Well, I think. That shit's gone to your brain. On account of the tuberculosis. Here's Here's the thing, though. I think these are flashbacks. Because the day the police are there are the day they hit her. So I think all of these are flashbacks up until. The, when the hammers get thrown in. So you don't think they're going concurrently? Yeah. Because, like, so, like, what? What do they do for five days and then suddenly they're having all these conversations? I think this is flashback. And then we meet up okay. when they come out of the basement is when we, like, was like the, connect. The earlier stuff is definitely the first day. Right, five days when ago. When they're talking about we have to fight, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, that's five days ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Because usually in Criminal Minds, what they do is they make these sort of like split scenes happen concurrently. Like in the timeline. Yeah, but I don't think whatever so. Whatever messy timeline it is, they all happen together. But you're saying that these do not mm-hmm. happen concurrently for this episode. They just yeah. meet up at the end. Yeah, because he lets them, them go out. as soon as one of them is dead. Right? So I think the scene where Brooke is lying on the floor almost passed out. That's happening. That's like when the BAU shows up. Okay. So that the hit happens and they get let out. And that's when all the parents are arguing. Remember? Mm. That's yeah. the same yeah. time. I think the, all so of think this all is... of the BAU stuff is in one day? Well, what they say when, when, they're, when they're at the briefing room, Reed says, okay, so we have two days. Yeah. yeah. And they show up. A night doesn't pass while they're there. So you think it's just really early in the morning and... Quantico when they are doing that briefing or I mean it might one be one day here I mean it might be like they I think it's it is because the championship hasn't happened like if it were Friday night like maybe it's Friday day in the day maybe they have like one overnight but I don't think so because they show Do they have a wardrobe is there a wardrobe change for the main car no I don't think no, it's all the same. Yeah, outfit, and like right? besides so, JJ, and she just—I think she just takes her better. jacket off. I think she just takes her jacket off. I think she changed yeah. on the plane because they show up, right? Okay, okay. They find the car. They give the profile. Chambers shows up. The uniforms are found. The Haas and Chambers are interrogated. They're all fighting out in the lobby, and then the girls show up. Like, there's no nighttime. There's no break. It just kind of happens, happens, happens. And also the fact that the garbage man finds those uniforms makes me feel like, you know what? At the very beginning, when they show up at the police station, it's just after sunrise. Because JJ's in that orange light. Like, the sun is just rising. So I think all of this... I love that you just determined... You just determined sunrise by how it looked on JJ's little angelic face. That's me. <laughs> well, there's a photo on the IMDb show of earlier. Yeah. And the, one of the cops has that like golden yeah. hour. Yeah, he does sort face. of have the golden hour. Yeah, I so I think, yeah. I think they showed up Thursday morning. My guess would be Judy Holmfeld shows up at Quantico very, very early Thursday morning. I got the vibe it was late at night or maybe it's yeah maybe she shows up wednesday night just because it just seems really dark and quantico a flight from dc to pittsburgh is 
what, two hours, three hours? So that makes sense. They flew overnight. They flew overnight. <laughs> you don't know. That old. I was going to say, I've been to DC, but I haven't gone DC no. to P- Pittsburgh. I mean, it's two and a half hours to drive to Philly. I think Pittsburgh is like four hours from DC. So yeah. So I my guess is she shows up in like the wee morning hours. They land yeah. in North Mammon at sunrise, just after sunrise, and this all takes place in one day. It's like an hour flight from DC to Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I think okay. yeah. So I think they land because the orange light. So it's like eighty bucks. <laughs> Yeah, it's real cheap. I mean, why would they just drive? Um, anyway, um, sorry, they've got it. They've got their their J six. They're fine. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I think this all takes place on Thursday, the one day, because the championship is still the next day. Like it's not Friday. Mm-hmm. It's not the day of the championship yet. You know. But like, when does the the Garber find their shirt? Right after this. Okay. Yeah, literally, like literally, right now, the next why scene. Is garbage being picked up so late. Is that a thing? Gar- well, yeah. If it's maybe like noon for businesses that kind of tracks yeah because i know like residential garbage is always like really early in the morning my garbage comes at like, like a nine sort of business yeah if you have like a dumpster because oh, it like was a, a dumpster wasn't it it wasn't it was a yeah, yeah it was a dumpster yeah. at the motel the so that feels like it tracks to me that like around noon ish yeah that tracks to me yeah i'm just glad that now everyone knows what my process is every single time i watch any episode of criminal minds all right i just let it wash over me and look at them, how pretty they are. Yeah. So if if it's this time of this day, the light makes it look like it's sunrise. It's like, okay, this is who I am as a person, I guess. <laughs> okay. No, I get it. That is yeah. a good that makes sense. point. I think. Yeah. So I think all of the BAU stuff happens in one day. And all of the stuff of the girls is the previous five days. And when they finally meet, it's... Brooke on the floor, the conversation between Kelly and Polly, the hammers, Brooke hits with the hammers, and then they come out. That's on the Thursday. Because so it would have had to happen between the garbage guy finds the uniforms and then goes back to the he bunker. goes back to the bunker to give, to give the, the hammers. hammers. Mm-hmm. To move this whole yeah. shindig along. Yeah. Okay. And it makes sense. Okay. It makes sense that he would wait to... Put the uniforms out until the BAU arrives. Right? Yeah, because he wants attention. Yeah, no, this all makes a lot of sense to yeah. me. Okay, great. That's you right. You have my seal of approval. Coming to minds, I solved your flashback puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats, you solved the puzzle that none of us knew was happening and nobody wanted. <laughs> and nobody cared about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, Haas and Gideon are talking in the interrogation room. And Haas is like, can I smoke? And Gideon goes, no. And Haas is like, okay. <laughs> um, and then Gideon's like, we found the cigarettes outside of the Chambers house. And the guy's like, well, I'm being set up. Like, I didn't do that. Uh, and then it turns out that he was at the pep rally. <laughs> and Sergeant Sykes is like, oh, I must have missed him. Cool. Can I also just say, hmm. fun fact about the cigarette brand that they mentioned. Yeah. They mentioned that this coach smokes, like, what are they, Morley's? Uh, um, they're the the knockoff Marlboros. Yeah. I just think that's a fun fact that I do just like enjoy because everybody uses that name for cigarettes, like everybody does. Morley's. Yeah. Interesting. So they're talking to him, and the guy's like, "It's not me." Uh, so then they go to the Sag- Saginaw Motel, where the uniforms were found, and the owner, the manager, whatever, says, "Here's the guest registry. There's a name there, though, John Sherman." 
you're not going to find who that is. It's a fake name. You know, Peter Chambers gives me an extra hundred bucks to keep it a secret. So now it's looking real bad for Peter Chambers. Mm-hmm. Um, also love how this dude is like, he gives me a hundred bucks to keep it a secret, but I'll snitch for free. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck this dude. He could have just left out the hundred bucks. It was like, it's a fake name. I'll let you know. It's fake. Yeah. He was literally though specifically like, yeah. Yeah. So. Hotch, talking to Chambers. He can never return to this motel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he can never return to this fucking town. Ugh. He needs to find a new gay motel. A new gay motel. Well, he's out now, and so is the. Yeah. Oh my god, the fact, the fact that his boyfriend like has a wife and kids. Oh, mm. rough stuff. Heartbreaking. I know. Um. So basically, Chambers says seven years. Or Hotch and Chambers are talking. Chambers says six years ago, um, Haas was in Pittsburgh. He solicited an underage sex worker, and you know I've been friends with him for thirty years, so. I went and I helped him out. He said it was a one-time thing. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. It was definitely not a one-time thing. Well, definitely not. I, you don't do that once and get caught and be like, well, oh, I won't do it again. Well, I feel like maybe soliciting sex workers wasn't a one-time thing, but like, I can believe that like, accidentally picking up a minor on the street, you know, that I could like, okay. But maybe but not. But we are not led to believe that for this dude. Mm. We are supposed to believe that this dude is a piece of shit. Are we, though? Because he didn't do anything after that. I think we are definitely led to believe that this uh, coach is, like, a little fucking weird. You think so? He's questionable at best. Questionable. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't introduce a character and have their thing be like, yeah, he accidentally once picked up a minor prostitute. Like... And expect us to like him. True. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we don't know how far he went with that underage. That's true. Either. That's true. Yeah. Like, you are not expected to, like, pick, like, that is not a crime that you give somebody that you want your viewers to you like. You can't redeem that. Yeah, that's true. You're yeah. right. You're right. That's not, like, a crime you give to the good Like, guys. the fact that he does yeah. that and he teaches underage girls. You know. Yeah. That's, exactly. Yeah. You're right. All yeah. of the that combo. combined. Yeah. Okay. Not a great look. Not a great look. Chambers is like, I helped him. I, you know, made sure his record was clear. And, like, I led him right to my daughter. But then, behind the mirror, Derek, Reed, Hodge, JJ, are talking. And Reed is like, it's weird, though, because, like, this unsub is super sophisticated and methodical. Why would he just leave cigarette butts? And then JJ comes in and says, Hodge was at the pep rally. Derek comes in with the news of the uniforms, finding the uniforms. Hodge was like, okay, well, then... Haas has like a video alibi, so that's not him. And Chambers wasn't at. Oh, Haas goes back into Chambers and is like, we got Haas on video. It wasn't him. Chambers is like, were you really in Philly? We know you were at the Saginaw Motel. What's going on? And then he says, like, yeah, I'm secretly gay. I meet up with a buddy of mine. He's more than a buddy. Um, a buddy. A buddy of mine. Uh, his name's Glenn Donahue. <laughs> yeah, he lives with his wife and kids. Um, it's very sad. The way that, like, they slowly reveal this information, I don't know, just the way that they set up this guy's speech is very fun. Like, his name's Glenn Donahue. You can find him. He lives with his wife and kids. It felt very much like, I don't know, like, the the, the cadence was very much like falling down steps and taking Mm -hmm. somebody with you. You know what I mean? Like, the cadence was, I think, very interesting and very thought acting choice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it makes sense. Like, you know, I don't want to stereotype a small town, but we find out immediately after this that he's right. Right? People would not be happy that he was gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's sad and like, it's not, it's like, 
it's like layers to it, right? It's not just him. He has to hide. But like, there's this man with a wife and kids who is also gay, you know, and also sneaking around. They're from the same small towns. Like, how long has that been going on, you know? So And how they managed to keep that so quiet. Yeah. For, like, if, the, if everyone seems to know that that mom is on medication. Right. How they kept this quiet. Yeah. 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 So it's just like. What does he do with his car when he's at the hotel all week? That's a good question. Sorry, I'm just thinking about like the practicalities. A a taxi or like rent a car or something like that. It could also be like just outside of town. Because I'll bet that the garbage guy picked that motel specifically because of Chambers going there. So it might be like outside of of town where nobody would like see the guy's car, you know? Yeah. Because the other guy has a wife and kids. So, like, he must also say he's doing business. So, they probably, yeah. like, go out, okay. outside of town to do it. Fair. Now we're in the police chief's office. JJ is gay sitting on the cabinet in the background. Also, that office has too many doors. <laughs> there are <laughs> so many like, doors in that office. One on that wall and one on the I'm like, why? It goes to the bullpen. Why do you have so many fucking doors? Well, sometimes I want to enter from the left and sometimes I want to enter from the right. I want to have my exit to stage left and stage right. Right. I got to be dramatic in every direction. <laughs> but also, that would be the worst goddamn office to have then because everybody's always walking through your shit. How are you going to get anything done? Yeah, good point. You're not. You're not. Do you think there's a lot of crime in this town? No, but they have the oversized police force to fit a small town in America, I guess. Ugh. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a fucking couch in this office and JJ and Gideon are both like manspreading on this filing cabinet. That did make me laugh. <laughs> no, because I know what happens on couches in police stations. They know not to sit there. <laughs> what does that mean? It's very dark. <laughs> but probably correct, but dark. Oh, that's scary. Okay. JJ says, is it important, like, we're hoss? And Chambers implicated, like, because they were important to the unsub. And Hawk says, like, who he implicated is just as important as who he actually abducted. So we need to think about it, like, all of it. And Gideon says, like, he's been watching all of these people for, like, a long time. And he's very angry. Um, so they're like, we need to gather all of the parents and all the implicated people. And, and when everyone leaves the room, Gideon and Hotch like, get real close. And they're like, he's ahead of us. He's been ahead of us this whole time. Um, Hodge has one of his like angsty male model moments. Oh, <laughs> God, I love you. Got Bell. Yeah, I got Bell too. Two for two this episode. Hell yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. Let me turn the AC back on. <laughs> I love that a running gag of this podcast has become drinking things badly. I think that's very we- fun of us. <laughs> we can't do an intro, we can't drink things. And words are hard. Was it hard? What can we do? Nothing. What, what can we do? Be gay on your, your main. Your podcast is just that relatable. <laughs> we can be gay on main and that's it. Um, okay. That's pretty much all we got. That's all we got. Okay. I'm just waiting for Emily to show up so I can get extra gay. Oh, Emily, my love. I just love it. If you think we're annoyingly homosexual now... <laughs> Just you wait. Annoyingly homosexual. Ugh. Name name my sex tape. Annoyingly homosexual. Like, Jay's been simping for JJ this whole time. Wait till there's two people for me to simp over. 
Wait for there's somebody for me to lose my goddamn Ugh. mind over. Okay. Let's finish Sorry, this episode. Continue. Wait, you, there was Criminal some minds. simping of L, but she was mean simp. That's true. I mean did some simp. simping of L. <laughs> I can do better. Can do I better. think my stats will be better. We can next all do better. Coach. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The girls are back in the thing. Kelly is trying to convince Polly to kill Brooke. And Kel- Kelly's a fucking psychopath, y'all. She's like, think about your mom. Your mom's going to be all alone. And Polly's like, oh my god, my mom's not going to have anyone. And Kelly's like, yep, she wouldn't have anyone. Let's kill Brooke. She's like not crying. She's not mm-hmm. upset in any way. She's like, this bitch is a psychopath. Like, actually. Like, I love that they gave yeah. us that. This is some teenage girls, like, Ugh. Psych- psychopath bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Like, I love when shows, like, actually let teenage girls, like, be crazy like they are. Mm-hmm. Like, teenage girls are vicious. And that's, like... Especially teenage Spawn girls are been- fucking vicious. Me. Especially when they're not fed or watered. <laughs> exactly. Psycho exactly. exactly. comes out. I mean, yes, like, yes, exactly. And Kelly is like, I'm here to fucking live, bitch. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Your friendship means nothing unless I survive. Exactly. Brooke really? is Brooke is on the floor fucking dead. Dying. Dying <laughs> she already. She's dying of tuberculosis as we speak. Wild. But we, like, we learn later on that she was fully conscious. She heard all that mm-hmm. happening. So she's like, I'm aware. Yeah. Yeah, I think she realized like the second she up. falls asleep, she's gone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we see she's like walking and stuff out of the. She's walking later. She's like not that sick. I think she's definitely like playing it up to get Kelly to like just admit, t- just you know, just a touch of mon- pneumonia. <laughs> just a touch. Just a little bit of the consumption. Just a touch, mm-hmm. touch the devil as a treat. Um, <laughs> a little bit of tuberculosis yes. as a treat. As a treat. <laughs> it's like a reward. That meme will never die. I'm keeping it alive. <laughs> Thank you for putting the tuberculosis a little bit as a treat on treat. life support. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's how you keep Okay. But I'm just- so then right. Kelly turns around and goes, Hey, mister, we made our choice. And he just like drops into sledgehammers. And Polly, like, they're not even sled. They're just regular they're hammers. hammers. No, they're they're, they're just still regular ha- nail hammers. No, they're yeah. bigger. They're bigger. No, no, no. Yeah, because when she hits they're her, she's hammers. like, got them. They might not be like yeah. sledgehammers, but they're not just like bulky hammers. They're like bigger. That's a regular hammer. They're just little. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Hammers. They're definitely they're just, just like regular. That's a regular hammer. Hammers. Okay. Yeah. They're not the like claw sledgehammers. These teenage girls are not bashing anybody's skull completely open sure. with one swing with this. That's like, true. this is just a pretty normal hammer. That's true. Okay. It's just like, a hammer is a brutal weapon when you think about I know. it. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about it. A hammer is <laughs> like, a brutal a, fucking he, weapon. He made a choice yeah. with that did, weapon. Yeah. He well, his a very distinct choice what, with a hammer. His whole thing was like, I showed them who they truly are. And I think that's. The point of the hammer was like, no, you're going to beat your friend to death. And you will feel every minute of it. Like, Mm -hmm. with a hammer, your hand is right there. You have to get close. It's not like a baseball bat. You can't take somebody out of the knees. Like, this is a hammer. Yeah. and But also, also they make it out to be, this is jumping ahead, that it was a one hit and this chick was down. And minimal blood. 
Like, if you actually have to bash someone's skull in. Yeah, but they're not going to show these three pretty young girls beating each other in with hammers. Just like, (sighs) I know. I want to see it. it. Show me the teenage girl death match. Let's go. The the, the blood spatter was kind of off as well. The The blood spatter was weird. And because that's that's cast off and it made it seem like it was just like a one hit. So there wouldn't have been any cast off on the other girl. Uh, Sorry, I watched I watched too many crime shows. Oh, you're right. They hit the back of her head, and it like it was one and done forward. It like splashed forward onto Polly. That's not how that works. No, you're so right. Head Um, wounds. Your first hit is free. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) title of this episode, baby. (laughs) You're writing that one down. (laughs) My work here is is done. Free. but one I'm thing gonna, I'm gonna I sound like such a psychopath. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's what this show I studied. Is for. This is a show about criminal minds. We're yeah, we fine. all sound <laughs> um, a little bit like a psychopath. So also like Polly fully thinks like the guy is gonna come in and kill them, and then when he drops the sledgehammers, Polly is like, "Oh no, I'm not beating Brooke to death with a hammer." And Kelly's like, "Come on, let's go, let's do it." <laughs> like <laughs> Kelly doesn't give a She's shit. She's sick. She's gonna die already. I'm like, bitch. <laughs> God, no. Hotch is talking to all of the adults and he's like, think of someone who thinks like you wronged them. And then Kelly's dad brings up Judy's meds. Oh, they did. I really like Completely liked... unprovoked. Unprovoked. They yeah. are just swinging for the fences immediately. Yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. Also, I really loved the way they cut together the girls being let out with the parents fighting. Yeah, yeah. So like, uh, the, so these two things happen simultaneously. You have like Hotch talking to the adults. Kelly's dad brings up Judy's medication. They're all fighting together. Unprovoked. Like yeah. it's very like built, like built, like builds really well. Yeah. And then it cuts and the way that you adults. can't see who the second girl's face is the mm-hmm. whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. the best part about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that mounting horror and dread because you don't know who got out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like, okay, so Chambers gets outed, and Kelly's mom is like, this is God's punishment for your sins for being gay. Um, She says that, and- Kelly's parents are assholes. Yeah, no mm-hmm. wonder Kelly's a fucking psychopath. I said fucking Kelly. Yeah, <laughs> literally. There was no oh. empathy in that house. No. absolutely. Literally. Um, but so, Kelly's mom is like, this is God's punishment because you're gay, and JJ like looks down and like covers her face, and it's just like, ugh. And I was just like, Gay, JJ. <laughs> gay. Gay, gay, gay. Okay. Um, and then Chambers points out that Kelly's parents care more about football. Like, their daughter's been missing for five days and they, like, didn't give a shit. Um, <laughs> Which, it's funny to me because Chambers' daughter was also gone for five days. He did not know about it. Well, he, yeah. but the thing is, is her parents knew she was missing and still kept on yeah. about the football. He was, like, out of town on business. Like, he it looks like he Allegedly. showed up as soon as he knew. Right, he was out of town. Um he was yeah. occupied. Um but it looks like he came as soon as he knew. He banging. Her parents knew and still were like busy. you know, football. And then Kelly's mom says low breeding always shows through. Uh and that's what JJ like, shut up. Listen to yourself. This is what he wants. This is what he wants. You're letting him manipulate you. Um You're letting him win. You're letting him win. And then she's got the like slight little accent she's like you're letting them do it 
And they're all like, yeah, you're right. So while all that, oh, JJ's like, listen to these agents. They are helping you. And then she like looks at Hotch and Hotch like gives her a little nod. And she's like, okay. And like backs up again. <laughs> she's like, sorry. She's like, fine. Sorry, I got mad. Proud sorry, got mad. Sorry. Um, so while that's happening, we see the, we see Polly and another girl with a blanket on coming out of a basement, like a sub-basement. Um, they get put into a car. They're like driving in the car. They get released. The man like puts a phone into Polly's hand and she leaves. So then they made a really good music choice. Yeah. As well for that whole. Yeah, I don't remember what was playing, but I remember it being like fitting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It wasn't a song I knew. I don't think it had any. I I think it was just their score. Yeah. It's obviously written for it. I was like, they chose that really well. Yeah. Yeah. The only actual like credited song in this episode is the KT Turnstall one. So mm-hmm. everything else is just the score. So Penelope calls and she gives them the address of where the girls are at the corner of whatever, whatever. And everyone's like, oh my God, that's right outside. So they're like, all run outside. Gideon is like, there's only two of them. Keep the parents back. So JJ like runs for the girls. Jake goes to Polly and she's like, where's like, what's going on? What's going on? And then, like, Brooke looks up. And it is such a good reveal. Ugh. And she has blood on her face. Yeah. Polly's got the blood. And- she was being dramatic herself. She's like, I'm choosing this moment. <laughs> dramatic to reveal. To reveal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and JJ's all, like, sad holding Polly. And it's just, ugh. Okay. So we're in the interrogation room. Hotch is talking to Polly, who is just silent. And Gideon's trying to talk to Brooke. And Brooke is like, it's not Polly's fault. It's not Polly's fault. So JJ goes to get water and she runs into Kelly's dad, who's like, hey, um, when you were talking about how we would all like have known each other for a while, it reminded me like all of us played football together. We were all on the championship team 30 years ago. Yeah, the last championship team North Mammon ever had. Yeah, we were on it. It's really been that long since they've been in the playoffs or whatever it is. Yeah. 30 years. Yeah. Hey man, high school football's tough, dude. Well, it's also like with high schools, especially you can't like recruit athletes unless like in mm. a public school, you can't like recruit athletes specifically. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So like, it's just sort of like luck of the draw if you have a good football team or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Public schools. Public schools. In shitty little small towns? No. When that shit happens, it is a celebration. Celebration. <laughs> so JJ like takes down the picture of all the football team on, that's on the wall. Of course it is. And she goes inside and she starts talking to Polly. And she's like, hey, Polly, I'm JJ. I grew up in East It's very cute. It's- she has, yeah, this whole monologue is so cute. It's so cute. Yeah. She's like, I grew up in East Allegheny. I was captain of the varsity soccer team my senior year. I got a full ride scholarship to University of Pittsburgh. Like, I totally understand, you know, and she's like, your mom brought this picture of you all the way the FBI Academy in Quantico. Like, she cares about you so much, and you're always going to have her, and I, I just, I need you to see if the man that took you is in this picture. So then we cut to Brooke, and we get, like, a real flashback flashback. She hit Kelly from behind, and she's like, Polly didn't do anything. Like, Polly did nothing wrong. It was me. This man forced us to do it. He made us choose. Polly didn't do anything. She's fully, like, ride or die. Yeah. Lesbian lover. As she should be. Should be. Yeah. yeah. As she should be. She made a 
very she good murdered point. her friend yeah like yeah. as much as she had to mm-hmm. she still hit her friend in the back of the head with a hammer yeah like that's brutal mm. yeah i think she also like you know gay jokes aside but female friendships when you're that age are so intense yeah, you know, and they like, are so intense. And we see her several times talk about how, like, Polly is the best of them. Polly got the scholarship. Like, yeah. Polly's getting out. So I think for Brooke, it was really important for Polly to still go to Penn State. Yeah. And yeah, so like, she, she wanted yeah. this case to have nothing to do with Polly. Yeah. She was like, Polly didn't do anything. Like, she's getting out of town. She's going. Like, she's going to the school. Like, yeah, like, don't let this hold her back, which I thought was admirable. Mm. You yeah. know, like, not just, like, As much as we it. joke about, like, really intense homoerotic friendships when you're young and queer, mm-hmm. like, girl friendships in general are just kind of insane. Insane. Mm-hmm. So wild. Like, I'm sure the queer thing does not help in any of our cases, right. but oh my god. Just, like, in general. The yeah. friendships I had in high school were insane. In and that's why way. I'm no longer friends with them. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. exactly. <laughs> and now we no longer speak. Friendships at, <laughs> yeah. Friendships at that age are so insane. Well, because your identity is so closely tied to the friends and experiences you have. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. have, there's no way to distinguish yourself. So if you don't have that close-knit group of friends, it is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have one friend, we've been friends for 16 years now since yeah. we were like 11 and we were a trio and the third one of us fell out i guess <laughs> we no longer speak the eye roll james just just did <laughs> was stories so much yeah. that is an epic right there within yeah. that eye roll um but the other one and i like you know we make a point of staying in touch because it's you know because mm-hmm. it's like you said like when it works it's like nobody on this planet knows me like she does you know yeah yeah like yeah literally since i was 11 we went through puberty together high school everything it's like nobody knows me like that and so when those friendships last it's like wild when you you find your person yeah that you might not speak for like six months but you can pick up just like that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and then sometimes you literally murder each other <laughs> I got belt too. <laughs> okay, Polly points out the man in the photo, and Derek is like, "Hutch, that's the garbage man who found the jerseys. His name is Marcus Younger. He was the star on what the- a name. What a name, Marcus Younger. What a name. He was the star on the team thirty years ago, but then he blew his knees out in the first quarter of the championship game, lost his full red scholarship." Ouchies. Yikes. So the team goes to the house. Yeah, they go into his storm cellar. Marcus is just like sitting inside with Kelly's just body. Chilling. He's just like squatting, looking at Kelly's body. And he's like, I never touched her. I never hurt them. And he's like, I mean, he did touch them because he had to capture them. But anyway, he did abduct oh, that's them. That's so true. He, he's very he much like, I didn't the touch them. I didn't say a thing. He, you still kidnapped three, yeah. three yeah. teenagers. You like emotionally hurt them, I'd say. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, uh, but he's like they were. Pretend- he's still getting charged with one of their murders. Yeah, as he oh, should. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I was like, what would he get charged with? He's probably going to get charged with like 
murder with a deadly weapon or like something like using Brooke as the weapon. Or like it might be coerced. like murder in the second degree. Yeah, or like a manslaughter. He didn't actually or like... murder her. Yeah, no, it, there was intent. Well, no. Right. Yeah, murder is intent. Manslaughter is unintentional. So there yeah. is still intent. It would still be in like the murder category. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think something with like murder with a deadly weapon or murder by proxy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, proxy. Yeah. There's probably like a coercion. There's um, definitely a kidnapping charge. Yeah. And then he starts talking to the chief, Chief Yates, and he's like, as soon as I got hurt, like all the other players wanted my spot. Like you all jumped on the chance to like take advantage of me and like you didn't actually care about me, blah, blah, blah. And I have to say, dude, it's a football game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, do you, what did you want them to do when you blew out your knees? Did you want them to lose? They can't do, they're not doctors. Yeah. They're it, teenage boys whose job is to play football. Yeah. They're going to play football. And none of it doesn't seem like any of them went on to play professional football or, or even like, quote unquote, took his scholarship. Yeah. Like, it's not their fault you blew out your knee. If anything, I would be upset at the adults of the town at the time that you were a teenager because they were probably the ones that fucked you over the most. Yeah. If it anybody does, did, it does seem like this happened and then none of his teammates, like, checked in on him. That I could see. Yeah. Because he yeah. is sort of like the garbage man and that is sort of like the implication here is yeah. like, yeah. it was just One of them is a lawyer, one is the chief of police, one is a rich psychopath. But also like, like also like. One has a nice wife. He, he. Who's a bitch. He hurt his knee so he couldn't play football. He's still doing like a manual labor job. Like he. It was not prevented from following a career. And, like, sure, the lawyer ended up went to college. Kelly's dad was rich, so he probably went to college. But, like, the police chief didn't have didn't go to college. That's not a job mm. you go to college for. Like, he could have not, to, no disrespect to garbage men, sanitary workers. Like, that's a great job. Being a garbo is hard work. Yeah, and that's great. It like, is. Totally respectable. Work. But, like, this guy obviously doesn't respect it as a job. Yeah. But, like, he could have done... Well, because you don't go to school to be a garbo. But, like, yeah. he could have yeah. done other things. He could have joined the police force, too. He could have done other things. Well, if he really did blow out his knees, it would have been hard to do anything that required any kind of physical testing. But... Sure, but he's a garbage worker. Sanitation, sanitary yeah. workers still have to have that sort of, like, yeah. physical test. And he wasn't the they driver. on and off the... No. Yeah, he wasn't yeah, the driver. He was... on and off the fucking Yeah. Truck. So, like, I don't know. There's plenty of things he could have done, I think. I think yeah. he... Not to, not to defend him. Right, no, I know. I get what you're saying. And, yeah. and then also, what is his problem with Polly's mom. <laughs> also that. She seemed very nice. She had depression. She was nice. I think in that case, it was because Polly had the Fulbright scholarship. Because he would have been okay. stalking these girls for a very long time. Like they were friends and it's like Brooke and Kelly, the dads were the reason, but Polly was friends with them and Polly was the one who had a Fulbright scholarship. So I think, they don't say it, but I think in Polly's case, it was like Polly he was targeting. But it could have also been he was only really after those the first two, and Polly was just because she was there. Collateral damage, but almost. If it was really about the parents, not the girls, yeah, then Polly was collateral. Yeah, and it just was a bonus that she had a full ride. Yeah, and I think the story works better with three captives. Yeah, rather than two, because you can get that two on one dynamic. Yeah, the ganging up. 
which is how he would have felt when his team like quote unquote ganged up on mm-hmm. him, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. He leaves. Gideon squats over her body. He does the saddest lab squat. Yeah. He really does. He really goes down. On the plane, Reed is asleep, like clutching a pillow. Morgan's asleep with his headphones on. Gideon is on the couch. You can't see his body, but it's Gideon is like fully passed out on the couch with like the blanket <laughs> over him. And I was really confused about that at first, but then I realized that like they needed Hotch and JJ to have like a private conversation. So Gideon had to be asleep and the way they chose to portray he be that. In the four chairs. <laughs> yeah, the 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 way they chose to portray Gideon sleeping was just he covers his entire body with the blanket, only a hand visible. <laughs> I bet it wasn't even Mandy Batinkin. <laughs> so JJ's looking at the soccer picture and she says like she hated being a soccer player. She hated the pressure. She hated how everybody was watching her all the time and pushing her. And it was just like so much. And Hotch is like, well, then why did you do it? And she says the full ride scholarship was the only way she was getting out of town. It was the only way she was going to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why she did it. Uh, which I thought was like, tells us a lot about JJ, like not just that she's from a small town, but like she was valedictorian and soccer captain, full ride scholarship. Like she was doing she everything she could. busted her ass. Yeah, busted her ass to, to get, get out of that town. Me. Desperate to get out of that town. Yeah. And we learned in like four episodes, it was too small for a bowling alley. Like she- <laughs> That's small. Yeah, hates that town. That's small. Um, oh God. Yeah. So then Hotch says like, she does, she does exceptional work. And JJ goes, it's nice to be noticed. Oh. Which just like, <laughs> I mean, really, this is JJ's like, this is like the first episode where JJ has more than like three lines, right? Like That aren't directly case related. Yeah, this is the first time we see JJ as like a person. We learn anything about JJ, right? So when yeah. she says like, it's nice to be noticed, I was like, hell yeah, girl. <laughs> it only goes up from here. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know if it's this is the first episode, but it's like, at least the beginning of the episodes where you can see what JJ's job actually is. Yes. Where she's starting to take on that case selection. Yeah. That face of the team. Yeah. I think this definitely is that. Like, we've seen her give the presentations before. We've seen her do her press conferences. But this really is the first time we see her, like, bringing a case to the table. And I think mm. I think they did a good job with, like, at the beginning, it's like, oh, her aunt's friend came to her and that's why she's doing it. But then at the end, it's like, no, she's actually been doing this the whole time. This was yep. just the first time it was obvious. This is this is what was brought to her. And then she did all this extra work to make sure that the team would take the case. Right. So I thought that was an interesting. So then Hotch asks, so like, have you ever thought about taking the classes and becoming a profiler? And JJ's like, uh, no, <laughs> no, thank no. you. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. She says she likes comforting families and she likes being someone the like overworked detectives can call when they like run out of leads. Which I thought was interesting mm-hmm. because it's like... It's really sweet. It implies bringing it to the BAU's attention, but it also implies that they call her and she, like, does casework herself, mm-hmm. you know? Which I really like. They also expand on it a little bit later, like, how she selects the cases. But she does do, like, preliminary casework of, like, where can they make the most difference? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's yeah. when she's talking to Jordan and Todd. She's like, here are two cases. This and this. And which, which one do you take? Yeah, which one would you take? Which I thought was really interesting. And then the the one where the guy just shows up, the St. Louis one, or Kansas City one, where the guy just like shows up in her office and she's like Oh, is that the OCD? Yeah. Yes. Guy? Yeah. It's yeah. the Kansas City episode that horrifies me to my very core. But in that episode, she's like, 
oh, we spoke on the phone. I told you to send me your files. So it's like, oh, she's doing like direct, like she's doing like on the ground work, like, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. building files and seeing if it's worth looking into more and like, oh, they're not going to do this profile, but like here, why don't you try this? You know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, judging by her office and what she keeps in it. Always so many files. Bitch is busy. Bitch is busy. Just so many files. And she's 28 and doing that job. Yeah, that's impressive. That's very impressive. She's so young. And I think that's something that gets forgotten a lot. And we'll talk about it more when we talk about um, the big game and revelations. But she's not that much older than Reed is. She's like three years older than he is. Um, But he gets given a pass a lot for being so young. But like, she's not that much older, you know, but she has that like, the pressure, she puts that pressure on herself to always seem put together, to always be strong and working. Yay, patriarchy. Yeah, it's exactly that. She literally is like a daughter, so she has to be better, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so then she like picks up a bunch of files and Hotch is like, what's all of that? And she's like, oh, I've got to pick up, you know, new cases. And Hotch is like, I thought we did that. And she's just like, no. (laughs) She's like, no, you don't. Um, And then she just like looks at her picture again and it fades out on her face looking like super stressed. Bitch is stressed all the time, I reckon. Bitch is stressed all all the time. My like headcanon is that she has some like shitty one bedroom apartment that is like empty except mm-hmm. it's got like a really nice bed. It's got a ton of like non-perishable food and nothing else. She goes home, sleeps, get up, leave. Like she does not spend it's any Emily's time. Emily's house but shittier. Yeah. <laughs> like literally Emily's, it's like picture perfect but she spends no time there at all ever. Yeah. Can I tell you guys something? I took a whole page of notes for this episode. Oh. Mm-hmm. I took a whole page of notes for this episode. His <laughs> a sign that says, shit's fucked up, huh? Huh. Yeah. And that pretty much sums up my feelings about this episode. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I like this episode a lot. I enjoyed it. Final thoughts. Yeah. What are we feeling? What are we vibing with this episode? Are we vibing with this episode? I like this episode. I feel like this is the turning point of... This is becoming season two. Yes. I was just going to say that. We've talked about fake season two. We've gone all the way through the fake start. This is, the, start. This is the mini series between yep. season extended season one and season two after Emily shows up. No, I really like this episode. I think, I think they are figuring out some of their techniques. Like the intercutting thing was a lot better than it has been. Like there was emotional mm-hmm. weight to going back and forth between scenes. They did a good job of giving us a lot of information. Um, They did a good job of like, I didn't know who it was the whole time, (laughs) you know? And there like was a time restraint, but it didn't feel rushed and it didn't feel like we were just killing time, you know? Like it genuinely felt like they were, figuring it out and i like that they don't solve the case like the bau doesn't solve this case he lets them go and then they say who it was you know which i really like yeah there aren't many episodes where the bau doesn't solve the case or at least have an idea of what's gonna happen yeah did you know? they ever say the unsub's name? Yeah, Marcus no, like Younger. Twice. Right at the end, Brooke points yeah. at the picture and says, it's that person. And they say, it's Marcus Younger. They go to his house, they rest him. Yeah. Right there at the end, yeah. I 
liked this episode. The pacing was really good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was a good character episode. I mean, for JJ specifically, you know, I think it was, it was mm-hmm. nice to have something that wasn't so focused on the boys, mm-hmm. you know? And I liked the way the team worked together. Like, it, it, it wasn't overrun with, like, a- academic information about killers and, like, you know, it didn't feel like... Yeah, it was different and it was good. And I really enjoy that. And I do think you're right, Belle, that it's that transition into character. Good criminal Yeah, Good criminal Because they're, yeah. they're starting to work, not work out. They know their characters yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, they finally so they can... made that little PDF of like, heroes yeah. actually what each <laughs> is a paragraph of each is. character. Yeah, they finally did that. I'm yeah. so happy for them. So proud of the Criminal Minds writers' yeah. room for finally figuring out a backstory. Yeah, even if they, they changed finally... their minds seven times, yeah. <laughs> they finally did it at least, kind of. Yeah, kind they of. finally got their story bible sorted. Right. Yeah. A season and <laughs> they a half. Finally late. color coded the tabs, and now they're ready to start writing a You're show. Like, all right, we can actually focus on story. Get some <laughs> now good, we can get good writing. <laughs> I love this show. I know. Me too. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's a beginning of the transition into like character focused instead of like, not instead of plot focused, but like in the past, it's been about like the cases, the cases. And this was the first episode Mm -hmm. that really felt like it was about the profilers, you know, even that little Mm -hmm. moment with Hotch and JJ at the end, you know, that was a moment for Hotch too, where he was like, yeah, shit, sorry. (laughs) We haven't really been noticing you, have you? You know, like they're getting more into like the office drama, right? Without it being also go- without it being like a gossip comedy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it does. It's starting to become more about the relationships between people, and like when Emily shows up, that's when we finally get the like, yeah, cemented. It's about the people here. Yeah. Mm. What are your thoughts, B? Shit's fucked up, dude. This episode makes me viscerally uncomfortable in many ways. You know, it's just one of those episodes that I don't even know why it gets me so bad. Like the Kansas City, what is it like, legacy episode? Yeah. Um, that fucked up one. That one like gets me, but that one gets a lot of people because sure. of that last shot with the shoes, right? Mm-hmm. That gets a lot of people. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> Mel so just had a very visceral shiver on screen. Like, same bitch. No, it was once she said shoes, I was like, oh. Yeah, that one with the with the with the sunlight the coming in. Of yeah, the, the sunlight yeah. comes in on all of the shoes. Oh Ugh. fuck. Yeah. yeah. I remember the way I just described that shot, I could draw you that shot right now. Like, exactly. Yes. But this episode is, I think, like, fucks me up in a very different way. Is it the small town thing? Legacy fucks me up because the scope of it ends up being so large and so horrifying. Yeah. I think this episode fucks me up because it is so small and so personal. Mm. Yeah. This, like, this unsub specifically went after these three families. Mm. Like, in a small town... To get back at like three people in the universe. That's thirty years later. Like that's a lot of Yeah. Hate and angst to hold on to. Not angst is not the right word. 
that's just a lot of anger. Yeah. Like, that is so much. Yeah. I mean, to hold it for 30 years. For 30 fucking years? Yeah, that's a long time. It's episodes not like this, but just this episode of Criminal Mind that, like, makes me grateful that serial crime in Australia is not nearly as bad as what it is in the US. It's like, okay. Okay. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> makes me makes me feel a little Thanks. better. <laughs> Sorry. Love that. <laughs> Love that for me. No, that for us, we're gonna die. <laughs> Love that for me. A so single fine, woman in Kansas doors. living alone. It's fine. It's super chill. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. <laughs> so no, but I think this episode just I think the personal nature of this episode really fucks me up. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's like a testament to the writing, how they've, like, turned this corner into, like, realizing what they want Criminal Minds to be. Yeah. in this season alone, we have so many bangers. Yeah. Like, season two has a lot of bangers compared to, like, season one was, like, derailed as our favorite episode. That's it. Cool, great. Cool, good. That's it. What is our favorite episode of season two gonna be? I don't know. Um, There's so many options. so many options. Nothing from the earlier. No. Anything from the Well, P911 was pretty fucking good. Sure. P911 is an episode that also pulls on my heartstrings in a very different way than this one. It made me cry. It made, it makes everybody cry. (laughs) I will say though, like, this was a very, like, like the unsub was very personally involved in who. He was killing and we don't see that a lot in criminal minds mm. but when we do it fucking hits like what are some examples of other ones that we see that are this level of involved well like seven profiler profiled seven seconds yeah profiler profiled like that's one the frankie munez one i think um yeah. i hate that, episode, no, that i wouldn't great. say the frankie munez one as much that is season three. I'm just thinking of like in general. Seven seconds yeah. is also season three. Um, is, that, is seven seconds season three? Yeah. Oh, like, it sure is. Yeah, like episode sure five is. or something, right? It is exactly episode five. Thank you. You wow. fucking freak of nature. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I don't really think, aside from like profile, profile, I don't think there's any super personal. I mean, then you get like tall Maybe, man. Like, no, but like in this season, this oh, early in this on. Season? Um yeah. well maybe like with I think Frank. This is kind of their first the season finale with Frank. Yeah. The fucking evolution of Frank. I think this is though like a really good first step into writing a different type of unsub. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is the first one that we've seen that's this personal. And it's yeah. good. They did it good. I think this is when we Congrats, s- you've done it. I think <laughs> this is when we start seeing like really focused episodes like someone getting back at their family mm-hmm. you know or like at someone personal that hurt them and then later we'll also see really zoomed out episodes of someone who's like i hate all you know people who women. drive red cars you know <laughs> like yeah like women yeah, well, not the you, car get, one yeah, you get these like really expanse and i think yeah it hasn't been so um, it's been pretty monotonous so far. Mm. You know, enjoyable, well, like fine. It's a procedural. Yeah, very procedural. So they're, they're, 
they really have to drill down on this is what happens every episode. Um, but yeah, I think that this is when they really start kind of branching out a little bit, and we'll see them continue to do this through season two. Hmm. Like Revelations and the big game, you know, so different from anything we've seen before. Profile to profile is so different. Um, this is so different than anything we've seen before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of insane. Because it's decent. Because <laughs> it's good, yeah. <laughs> so true. Well, what are your final thoughts? Wrap us up. Final special guest. Oh, God. Did I was I too busy giving too my hard? final thoughts. Well, you guys were giving your final thoughts. No, uh, I really collected your goddamn thoughts. <laughs> God damn it! I should have saved my thoughts for later. No, I really, I, I enjoyed it. Um, mainly because I'm the same as James. Like I love JJ, so I love how <laughs> she's that. We got really get to like dive into her and see how she operates and learn the like the function of her and the team and see her stand up to Derek going, "Oh, why should we take this?" And it's like, no, and let it like I just enjoy the the character work. So much. Mm-hmm. It is. It's so such a time. good first character episode. I will give you some time to recover your thoughts, and I'm going to ask James first. Scale of one to ten. What do you rank in this episode? I'm going to give it like an eight. You give it an eight? Mm-mm. Can I ask why not like a nine? Or I was just going to say like actually like a nine. Because I was going to rank it a nine, actually. I'm going to give this episode I was a nine. Say, this is the first episode that I am comfortable giving higher than an eight. Yeah, I'm going to give this episode like, a we nine. We gave P911 an eight. I think okay. this is the next step up from P911. Yeah, because I have watched you this episode. You guys are much nicer than me. <laughs> <laughs> now I did readjust my marking. No, be brutal. Yeah, give it a two. I want to see it. Tear this episode to pieces, bitch. <laughs> I've rewatched this episode a lot and I continue to find new little things in it and mm-hmm. I'm always happy to watch it and JJ looks great. Um, <laughs> and JJ looks great. Yeah. I do think this is one of those episodes I, again, I am viscerally uncomfortable when I watch this episode. Yeah. I do rewatch this episode though. Like, it's mm-hmm. good enough that even though it makes me viscerally uncomfortable, it's a I'm still like, episode. let me... Pop my shit open. Like, let's pop yeah. open season two. This is where I start watching season two, usually. Okay. I even don't go all the way to Emily. I watch this one, and I really like Empty Planet, too. Like, Empty Planet's good. It's a good app. Mm-hmm. Good app. I watched it last night. Like, I feel like we need to rank this, yes, just like scale of one to ten individually, but like, we ranked P911. We gave that an eight. Yeah. The last two episodes have been sevens. Like I feel like this is like such a step up in quality from the last two episodes, and yeah. even from P nine one one. Yeah, yeah. I think this is just for me such a big step up. And again, yeah, Belle, you can give your rating. No, no I, I, I have it on the spreadsheet here. No, give yeah. it what you want to give. It. I have it so it even counts oh. towards the average for this app. Oh god, originally I was going to give it a seven. Hmm. Only because, like, yes, it is a good episode, but there are episodes later that are I would find better, and I'm like, I would happily rewatch this, Mm -hmm. but I'm not gonna be jumping to it to rewatch it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not one of those ones that you're like, this is an episode I want to rewatch North Mammon today. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not gonna get any Emily, but it is a solid episode. (laughs) 
So what, what what's your final rating? Oh, I'm gonna point it. You can go eight. by like halvesies. Give if it you a want. seven. No, I, I, I'll give it. A, I'll give it an eight, just based give on what eight. you guys are saying. Okay. As well. we convince and you? the fact that I would rewatch it, yeah. and I have done that, and yeah. like, I've rewatched it twice in the last week, which is not normal for me. You asked to be on this episode, yes. So, so you have to act like to... it at least a little I... bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it an eight. I like it. All right. <laughs> I think this is just such a banger. They yeah. did say the name of the episode within the episode because it's the fucking name of the town. Yeah. They also said Wheels Up, which Reels- was another oh. exclamation point yeah. on our spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. I also feel like they could have picked a better title for the episode. I don't know what it would have been, but I feel like... Yeah, I feel like... Although I do kind of get it because it is in town. the end all about the town mm-hmm. and about how the town treated this one guy. I get it. I don't think... It could have been called, like, didn't... Champions. You know? Or like... Now I have We yeah. Can Be Heroes playing in my head. We can be heroes. <laughs> just for wondering. Please, we cannot get copyright striked here. No DMCA here. <laughs> Please. Everything needs to fall under fair use. So if you want to mm-hmm. sing Heroes, you have to sing it totally off-key. Yep. And please don't. I saw you open up your mouth and take a breath. I was like, not today, no, 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 no. I was like, please, dear God, not today. No poorly sung heroes. <laughs> Next time on Wheels Up. 208. Empty Planet. A good episode as well. I love when we get to watch good episodes of Criminal Minds for this podcast. <laughs> Finally. And in a row. It's so different. In a row, exactly. It's so different than getting to watch bad episodes of Criminal Minds for this podcast. Bella, if any of our listeners want to find you on the internet, where can they do that? I'm going to do that. Uh, you can I do that. At, I'm Aussie Supergirl pretty much everywhere on the internet. Um, if you want to come watch me play terrible games terribly, Watch me on Twitch. Yeah. yeah. I'll post your links or whatever in the fucking podcast description if I remember. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> James will, because James might edit this episode. Who knows? Who knows? Don't put me responsible for posting this. <laughs> James is like, I'll I edit them. Do and- not give me the responsibility of making sure they appear publicly. <laughs> <laughs> you post them to friends I like only. how you're like, I'll do the hard part, yeah. but if I have to like put this shit up on Anchor, can't do it. Not mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. You already write the descriptions. You're already doing half of the job. Yeah, but in the end, Fine. I'm not the one who makes it go public. That's not my job. <laughs> I don't have to remember to do. B, how many times have you said we had a new episode up? And I was like, really? Is it Wednesday? Like, <laughs> Is it every other Wednesday? Who knows? who knows? Speaking of every other Wednesday, if you want notifications when the episode goes up, you can get those... Uh, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Wheels Up Pod, everywhere. Our Stop branding dabbing. is. <laughs> Our branding is so good and consistent. <laughs> we are torturing Belle as I'm we I'm visibly speak. uncomfortable. <laughs> Was that outro better or worse than your experience of watching our intro? Though is the real question. Was it better? Was it worse? I don't know, because that was so long ago. It was two hours ago that I've already forgotten. (laughs) Shit's happened, I've forgotten. Yeah. 
that was two hours and a, and a nosebleed ago. <laughs> so true. So much. I feel like we've gone on a whole journey during this podcast. James, at the end of this journey, do you want to give us any hope? As Penelope Garcia says, I love it when you say buds. We're <laughs> 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 expecting